keep inviting people. It's so good, so, so good. Now, before we get into the word tonight, I want to, I want us to pray. So I encourage you to close your eyes and I'm just going to lead us in prayer. Let's allow ourselves not to be distracted tonight by the person sitting next to you. I encourage you to all close your eyes and say, God, I want to receive something from you tonight. So Lord, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for being in this room. Lord, I thank you that you want to speak to me tonight. You want to speak to us here in the room tonight. You want to speak to whoever's listening on the podcast, wherever they are, whatever time of day it is, you want to speak to us. So God, I thank you for being a God who wants to be close to us. Us, who wants to love us, who calls us his children. I thank you for our hearts tonight, God. I pray that we can have softened hearts, hearts that are open, hearts that are ready to receive God. And I just pray over our lives tonight, God, that it'll be a night where we can be transformed in your presence, where we can walk out a new way, where we can see breakthrough take place, where we can see our convictions set in stone, where we can know the truth of your word. So God, I ask that you come. I ask that you are ready to speak to us. And God, I pray over our ears and our hearts that are ready to listen. In Jesus' name we say, amen, amen, amen. Okay. Also, before I start, I want to ask, who is in church this morning? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Who is at one heart church this morning? About 20, I see about 20 hands up there. That, that, I see 50, that's so good. How awesome was the message this morning? Who remembers what Pastor Rob preached about? Who, who knows? Say it in the mic. Differently. Differently? Okay, okay, okay. That's a, that's a synonym. What did, what did he say? Normal. He talked, yes, about normal, normal. So who would say you're pretty normal here? I'm, I'm pretty huh, normal anyways. Anyways, so... I was actually so encouraged with his, with his word this morning because I feel like it perfectly aligned with what God had put on my heart to talk about tonight as well. So I'm just going to give you a bit of a debrief before I jump into my message. Um, so Pastor Rob preached on finding normal. And what is normal? You know, for us as Christians, um, what's normal for us as Christians? What is normal about our day-to-day life? What is normal for people to go through like times of trial and hard times? What is normal for Christians to experience? And I thought it was just so, so fitting and so powerful because the world that we live in, things are forever changing, you know. They're changing rapidly. They're changing fast at a faster rate than normal. And that is not normal. So there's new rules, there's new regulations, new mandates. There are so many things that are constantly becoming the new normal in our life. That isn't normal. There's new opinions, new ideas for what we should be doing. You know, we're constantly bombarded with the news, the woke news, the what's popular here, what's popular there. That is not normal for us. And because what's normal for us is abnormal for somebody else, right? And what's normal for them, we look at and be like, what in the world are you thinking? That is so far from what you should define as normal in your life. So some of these things could be for people who don't know Jesus, for people who don't have a relationship with God, normal life for them might look like living in constant lies, you know? You know, maybe they, they are just a gossip train. Like they say, oh, did you hear what Esther did last night? Or I, I heard that uh, she went out for dinner and it, it wasn't with her family. Like, oh, I don't know who was a secret person. That's gossip. You know, you could be involved in stealing. That, that's pretty bad. You know, cheating, copying what others do and believing all the things in the media and so, so many more things. I bet you, you can think of just the countless things that people get caught up in in this world because it's normal for them. It's what they know. But as Christians, our normal is knowing what God says. Our normal is saying, I know what God says about me 
I know what God says about this situation. The word of God does not align with this, so it mustn't be true. You know, we don't have to be a part of the world's definition of normal. We don't have to partake in what they do and what they classify as normal because it is not normal. We don't speak the same way. We don't dress the same way. We don't live the same way. We don't believe the same things. And we don't do the same things that they do. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says this, the tongue can bring life, or sorry, death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. That's saying, if you gossip, you're actually, words kill. The words that you speak can kill. The words that you speak can give life. And I know what I want to do. I know what God's word says to do. It says, bring life, speak life, prophesy, tell the truth, share the gospel, share the good news, because we can see set people, we can see people set free. I don't want to be saying, Tamika, I actually really don't like your hair today. I actually really don't like your shoes. No, I don't want to be just saying fake, like fake compliments to her. I want to say, Tamika, I want to tell you something. I know you're loved by God. Tamika, I know you're a great friend and I'm so excited to see that we have a good friendship. You know, I want to say to Tamika, you're called by God. You're known by God. You're loved by God instead of just tearing her down. And I'm not saying that in just, you know, just like, oh, random, just say it to everyone because that's insincere, like compliments. We don't want to just fill the world with that fake um, fake truth, fake love, I guess. We want to be sincere and genuine in our words. We want to say, God, what's normal for me and how can I be normal in my Christian walk with you? So what we believe, he says, has an impact in our life. What we listen to has power in our life. Now, it's normal for us not to gossip. It's actually normal to, to speak life, to speak truth, to bring truth to situations. It's not normal to gossip and to lie and cheat and still like the things I said before. <clears throat> it's normal for us to live for God, knowing that his plan for our life is pleasing and perfect and not to follow what others do just because it sounds good or sounds fun. And for me, I'd rather be an unpopular person in my flesh than be loved for something that I don't believe in, for something that I don't wanna be a part of doing or something that I don't agree with. Now, we have the Holy Spirit to actually help us discern what are those things in our life that we don't wanna be known for being normal for. You know, like you might be yeah, a group of friends and they say, oh, I'm gonna gossip about Scarlet tonight. I'm going to gossip about all the one youth people tonight. I'm just going to be a little gossiper and lie about that. But no, I don't want to be a part of that. I want to say, oh, I'm walking straight away from that because that is a lie. That is not normal because I know for me, I want to speak life because that's what a normal Christian would do. And the Holy Spirit gives you power to discern that. He, the Holy Spirit, it says in Acts 1, um, eight, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I think that's so encouraging because it's saying the Holy Spirit gives you the gift and you have power. It says, you will be my witnesses. Witnesses means you know the truth. It means you know how to speak the truth. It means you know how to teach people about Jesus. You know how to allow the Holy Spirit to come into someone's life. It's like a door that you open. You say, I've got the door for you. Holy Spirit, walk in. You're in the room with God. You know, you are the ones that can open the door for someone else to have an encounter with God. And we, it says we will have power. It's not just, oh, you know, maybe, 
potentially you could have power. You know, on the off chance, like if it's a Tuesday, you probably won't get the power. But it says you will. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And I don't know about you, but I love that the Holy Spirit is upon me because we get to, we get a, a new level in our life where we we level up in our in our ability to talk with God. We can speak in tongues. We can prophesy. We can dream bigger dreams because we know that the Holy Spirit is the one guiding those those areas in our life. So I want to encourage you tonight. If, if you haven't received the gift of the Holy Spirit or if you have questions about receiving the Holy Spirit, I want you to actually talk to us. Talk to Pastor Josh. Talk to myself. Talk to Chloe. Talk to a leader and say, where's Holy Spirit? Tell me more. Tell me more. Because I'd rather help you um, understand in a way that's easy for you than just pretend that everybody knows and keep going. So that is my little high, little recap of Pastor Rob's message today with a few little additional bits thrown in. So anyway, my message tonight that God has put on my heart is from Daniel 3, 16 to 28. Now, does anyone know this, this time in the Bible? Does anyone think, oh, I actually know that? Does anyone, Pastor Josh knows it, Amy knows it, without looking on the board? We don't know. Anyway, just now, nah, just kidding. Okay, so it says this. If you have your Bibles tonight, I'd encourage you to open it up to Daniel 3, 16 to 28. We're going to read it together. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue you from your power, your, your majesty. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. Your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. So I was going to bring a trophy tonight, but I realized I left it at home. So this is our golden statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has made of himself. It's and Okay, we're going to keep reading. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with these three boys that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. How many times? Seven times hotter. That is pretty, 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 pretty hot, I could imagine. Now, he ordered his, some of his strongest men of his army to bind these boys and throw them into the burning furnace. So they tied them together and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, secured tight, oh, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, King Nebuchadnezzar jumped in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came up as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the, servants of the Most High God, come out, come out here. So they stepped out the fire, and the high, the, then the high officers and officials, governors, advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their head was singed. Their clothing was not scorched, and they didn't even smell of smoke. Then King Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise the God 
of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his, his angel to rescue his servants who trusted him. They defied the king's command, and they are willing to die rather than serve or worship any other god but their own. They were willing to die rather than to serve any other god but their own. So my first point tonight, the statue is also known as an idol. So who knows what an idol is before we jump into that? Pastor Josh knows. Dan, okay, a couple of people know. Shout it out to me what an idol is. A false god. What? Influence. Okay, yep. Someone you look up to. Yep. Something you worship. Okay, that's that's really good. That's actually cha-ching right on the money there. So, Oh, yeah, it is. Anyway, <clears throat> we see that King Nebuchadnezzar makes a gold statue of himself, and it says this statue is nine feet tall and made of gold. So that is my example of the gold statue tonight. And the king says, hey, boys, you have two options here. So one, you can bow down and worship my statue and say, ha, I don't know how they worship, ha, yes, statue, we worship you. We want to worship you, like that. Or... Or they would say, if you refuse to worship this statue, you will be thrown into the furnace. And King Nebuchadnezzar thought they will be dead. They will just be burnt to death, go up in flames. That's the end of those three boys. The king was saying, do what I say or there will be a consequence. And the consequence is death for you. You will die in the fire. And now I've got a little definition of what the word idol means. It says, an image or representation of a God used as an object of worship. So it's idolizing something or putting it in a higher position in your life. So God for us is the highest priority. God is in the position that he deserves, number one in our life, right? And this guy made an idol of himself. Like, what the heck? He, I know, you, well, he did. He, he just did that. He just did that. Like, that's a little bit, that, I know, it looks very small from a distance, but it's really big in real life. And so for, for me, reflecting on this, this time in the Bible, it makes me think, Claire, what are some things in your life that maybe you look at as an idol? And I have some listed here that, that I hope that you can relate to as well. So number one, money can be an, pardon? McDonald's. No, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> um, okay, um, so money could be an idol for you. You're, you're so conscious about saving and you're like, or because maybe there's some past trauma in your life of maybe your parents didn't have enough money, so now you're super money conscious, or there's, there's so many options that, there's so many ways to think like, oh, maybe uh, is it an idol? Yes, money can be an idol in our life if we're not careful about it. Number two, the music we listen to can be an idol. We're so obsessed. We think, oh, yes, like Alyssa with Harry Styles, that could be an idol for you that you need to pray about, Alyssa. <laughs> Okay, the next one, social media. It could be TikTok or Instagram or YouTube. You know, the games that we play, the things that we say, gossip, lies, our attitude or language about something. You know, objects such as like the latest shoes or like the latest phone, the latest clothes. Do you know, people can even be an idol. And I'm sure the list goes on and on and on. And you can probably think of more things that can be put in a position that you think are higher than God. But this story for us is so important for us to understand and live out. These three men, just like us, they knew God. 
They had a relationship with God. They worshipped God. They prayed to God. They spent time with God. Their normal life was different, right? Their normal life was different because they said, God, you are the highest priority in my life. You are the center of my life. You have my focus, God. You are the most important one to me. And it's actually normal for us to have that in our life too. It's normal for us as Christians, as believers to say, everything else is second, but God is my first priority. And the truth is idols actually start to pop up. They do. They really do with, the, with all these things that I listed before. And they try to move our focus off of God and onto them. They come to distract us. They come to try to put God in a lower, in a lesser position in our life. And these three men had the opportunity to say, they had the opportunity to show with their life that they lived that God, you are the most important one to me. I don't want to worship any idol. King Nebuchadnezzar, I won't bow down to you. I won't bow down to your little dumb gold statue that is so worthless. I won't bow down to that because it has no worth. God, I will worship you, they said. They didn't just say it. They reflected that with their life. You know, and I know that is the right thing to do. They said, I know what's true. I know what should get my attention. I'm different and that matters. My normal is different to your normal. My obedience won't waver because of the situation that I'm in. And I've, I, it's like this. So I want to set the scene here. This is what was happening. So pretend everyone here is bowing down and worshiping this statue. And I'm, I'm the three boys. And I'm like this. King Nebuchadnezzar says, everyone, attention, bow down to my amazing gold statue right now. But these three boys, they were like this. So the music starts playing. And they say, I'm not doing that. And that little dibbit of a Cindy over there says, oh, King, look at those boys. They are not even bowing down to you. Can you believe it? Like you said they were going to have a consequence, but like, are you going to actually do it? And King was like, yeah, I'm going to do it, but I'm just going to give them one more opportunity. So no, again. And I'm like, I am not going to bow down to that. And so again, Dibba Cindy, come go, runs out to the king. King, three of those boys over there, they are not bowing down to worship. And King Nebuchadnezzar goes, all right, you know the consequence. He goes up to them and says, you refuse to bow down. I am so mad at you. I'm so disappointed. How, how dare you? How dare you serve any other God but me? Because I am the king and I have authority right now, right here. And they say, I am not bowing down to you. And they said, they said, I know the truth. I know that my God is only worth worshiping. They didn't let their convictions, they didn't let what they know become swayed because of what the king said to them, because of what the king was trying to get them to do. And now I just love this scripture. I'm going to paraphrase Romans 12 here. It says, don't be conformed to the patterns of the earth. In other words, it means don't follow what everyone else is doing. You know, form your own opinion. Stand firm in what you believe. Stand firm in what you know is true. Understand your values. Why do I believe what I believe? Why? And if you don't know, ask God because he will tell you. Speak to our leaders. Hey, 
why, why do I pray? Why should I pray? Why should I worship God? Come and talk to us because we want to help you answer those hard questions in your life. You need to understand what you believe because your life is a reflection of your obedience to God. What you choose to say, what you choose to do, what you choose to participate in is a reflection on how you worship Him. And this story for us is so important to remember because there's going to be so many opportunities when the enemy is going to come in and try to tempt you. He'll try to sway your truth. He'll, he'll keep trying. He'll continue. He'll keep on going, keep on going. But we need to recognize the idols in our life. We need to say, God, speak to us. God, remove them. God, I refuse them. I don't need to worship them. We need to start living in a way that reflects God is only worthy of our worship. He's the only one worthy of receiving our praises. And when we, there's actually a bit of a danger zone that we can get into because when we start just believing what everybody else says, when we start just looking at what everybody else is doing, we think, Maybe I'm abnormal. Maybe I'm a little bit different. Maybe I should do what they're doing because it's safe or it's, it's easy. Or what if I have no friends after this, you know? And it's actually a problem that we have. We think we need to just do what everyone else is doing without hesitation, without second guessing. Like everyone's told, you have to worship this golden statue. Nobody else said no. Nobody else said why in the world am I doing this? Why would I do this? Because they didn't have their own convictions. They didn't know who they were following. They didn't know what they believed in. There was no hesitation for them. And just because they are a part of it doesn't mean you have to be a part of it either. And there's so many you know, followers these days. There's so many people who don't know how to think for themselves. And I love Renee Bennett's The Girl Next Door podcast. It is a shameless plug for her. I encourage you, if you're a young person that, are, that is trying to understand this um, culture that we're living in, these weird and abnormal times that we're living in, I encourage you to actually plug in and listen to what she's got to say because she encourages you to think for yourself. She encourages you to form your own opinion, to understand why you believe something, and not to just look at the news and be like, ha, perfect, I believe in that today. Okay, I'm, I'm already running out of time, so I'm going to speed through my second to last point. So I really am. How much time have I got left? How much time have I got left? 17 minutes. Okay, great. So number two. Oh, no, actually, I'm just going to jump back for one second. So we need to start being the leaders in our life, not the followers. Okay, we need to start leading in a way that we know is right. We just don't need to follow the status quo, you know, that, that song on High School Musical, stick to the status quo, follow what you know. I don't know how it goes. But we don't have to live like that. We need to live the opposite. Our normal with God looks different to their normal without God. So number two, there's a price to pray, uh, there's a price to pay when you refuse to bow. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow. They said, King Nebuchadnezzar, we are not going to bow before you. We know our God will save us. He will rescue us. And they didn't even oh, and even if he doesn't, we want to make it so clear to you, so crystal clear, so black and white that we are never gonna bow down to what you say. Because we don't have to, we won't do it. And this made the king so mad, so, so mad that these men wouldn't worship. So that he got thrown into the furnace, that was their price to pay when they refused to bow. 
And this can happen to us too when we actually stand up for what we believe in. When we refuse to bow, there's usually a price to pay. And it might not be as extreme as being thrown into a fire and expected to die, but it's still something in our life that can sometimes rattle us a little bit, can make us think, oh, should I really do this? Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I should just take the easy route. No. Sometimes it's harder not to follow, not to give in, not to bow down because people will start to talk. People might force you to do something and say, oh, Claire, come on. It do, it's, it's just a bit of harmless fun. You know, it's just they'll, they'll advertise it as something so pretty and so effective and so fun to do, but it actually causes you harm. They put pressure on you. They might look at you in a different way. They might talk down on you. They might even say, I don't want to be your friend anymore, Claire. Even or even in the case, they'll try to kill you. But we are called to live differently with God firm with his truth in our life and I, I, this scripture always um always encourages me and we hear it so much um it's joshua 1 9 does anyone know this scripture off of their top of their head seth does anyone know erica joshua 1 9 anyway i'll tell you anyway i'll tell you before you guess so oh, oh what did jo- what did he say that's it. You you check that box. Yep. It says this. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. And don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, I don't know what these three boys are thinking. But I'm pretty sure they would have been like, I don't care. I don't care if you throw me into this fire. I don't even care if my God doesn't come and save me. I don't care. I'd rather stay with what I know is true in my life than just conform and do whatever you tell me to do. And so these three men get thrown into the fire. The fire is so hot that it kills the guards throwing them in. Now, you probably think this is the end, but it's not over yet. It's not quite over. So, yeah, plot twist. God was with them. <gasps> I know, God was with them. They weren't alone. And this is so crazy because I'm pretty sure never in the history of the world, and it probably will never happen again, that s- three people were thrown into a fire and they walked out, their clothes perfectly, probably ironed because of the heat, perfectly, no smelling of smoke. They were perfectly, their hair was perfect, their Beards were perfect if they had beards. Everything was fine. They walked out the fire unharmed. And now, I don't know about you, sometimes I stand a bit close to the fire and actually melts my dressing gown because I stand way too close to the fireplace at home. This didn't happen to them. They were completely fine. Like, that's a miracle. Can you just, can you just think about that? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, and you know, there will be times when the fire in our life isn't a physical fire. You know, it's something else. It's something like, you know, a place where you go and you might be really scared. You might feel really uncomfortable. You know, a place that's scary. You're you're worried. But I can tell you this, that God is with you. The God that we serve is for you. He's walking right beside you and he has got you. The God we worship loves us. He loves us. Now, we're not called to live a life that's ordinary. We're called to live an extraordinary life, a life that's abnormal in others' eyes, a life that is all in for God, where it might look a little bit different, where it doesn't make sense to others, but God has called you not to fit in. God has called you.
He's called you not to follow the crowd. He's called you, Michaela, to stand firm in what you know. He's called you, Charlie, to, to not copy what everyone else is doing. He's saying, know your values and know why you believe them. My final point tonight as we close, I wanna ask you, what is your response? What will your response be? What will you decide to do? Because we have a choice in that, you know, to follow what everyone else is doing, or we can say, I refuse to do that. Only you can make that decision. Only you can make that choice to do what's right or to bow down and allow others to tell you what to do. And these, these three men, they were put in that hard position of being like, they were face to face with a king that said, I'm gonna kill you, I'm gonna kill you. And they said, I listen to what you're saying. And I don't know, they said it without second guessing, without stuttering, without saying, oh, actually, because of the situation we're in, we're a little bit sticky right now, maybe I'll just do it. They said, no, I'm not second guessing my convictions. And now I'm not saying, this is really hard because you might think, oh, bowing down equals disobedience, but it doesn't. I'm not, I'm not trying to say, be disobedient in your home because you don't wanna do something. I'm not saying be disobedient in school because you don't wanna be the only one doing the test. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when there's things that you can decide in your life to say, I'm gonna follow God, or I can take the easy road that leads to destruction. I want you to say, God, God, I wanna follow you. I wanna follow you for all of my days. So what do you believe and know why you believe it? Do you know why you would refuse to bow down? Do you know and understand your convictions? Has God spoken to you about it? And we need to understand that God and His Word can, we, oh, the more we understand God and the more um, of His Word we understand, those areas in our lives, temptation starts to bow down and we say, we say, oh, and when others say, do this, do that, or what they say, we can say, no, I don't have to be a part of that. We need to know the truth of who God is in our life. And when we do so, we can say in faith, I refuse to bow. And so tonight, before I think we're gonna go into a song, but I just want us to stand up tonight. And I'm just gonna pray a prayer. Um, over us and actually I want me to say the first line and then you repeat it back like we do in church. So I encourage you to close your eyes and, and just allow God to just move in your life right now. So let, I encourage you to repeat this after me. Lord, we thank you for choosing us. I pray that you can help me. Help me see the idols in my life. Help me not to bow down. I pray my eyes can focus on you, knowing you have called me. God, I pray I can stand firm. I can, I can know your truth. And this week I can be strong because you are with me. I thank you that you're always with me. You're always for me. And I pray you can always guide me. I thank you in Jesus' name.